Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got an insane story of an evil mother kicking their own kid out. But first, a story from Unmanaged Entity, Account Deletion Procedure. Once a year or so, I go through my password manager to see if I have any registered accounts online that I'm no longer using. If I find any, I go to the site and delete them. Usually it's either a simple matter of logging in, going to account settings or equivalent, and clicking the delete account link, or sending an email from the registered email to the site's support email address. That being said, yesterday I encountered a rather difficult one. I won't name and shame, that's not the point of this post. Anyway, I logged into one of the accounts I wanted deleted to search for an automated way of deleting it. I couldn't find any, so I went and searched through their FAQ. There was just one sentence telling users to contact their support via email. Fair enough. So I sent an email for my registered email address stating that I'd like my account deleted. I was expecting the usual, we're sorry to see you go, can you tell us why you're leaving before you go? But instead, they required some additional verification. Also not unreasonable, since the site has to do something with finances. The email exchange goes down like this. Direct copy and paste of the relevant bits, anonymized. The support person says, thank you for reaching out, we're sorry to see you go. Can you please tell us the reason for closing your account, and if we could do anything to change this? I reply, hi support person's name, I no longer require services provided by company, thank you, my name. They reply, in order to authenticate you, we would need you to provide us with the following information. 1. The last four digits of the phone number currently linked. 2. The last four characters of the ID document used upon registration. Uh Uh-oh, potential problem. When registering to sites working with finances, one usually has to provide some form of state-issued ID upon registration. Problem is, I've registered onto that site a while ago, and the ID card I've used has expired some months ago. In my country, when your ID card is up for renewal, you get a new one while giving the expired one back, and it gets destroyed. So there is no way for me to know the numbers from it. I tried explaining that and provided some additional verification information only the account holder could know. But procedure is procedure, I guess. I say, phone number's last digits are ABCD. My state-issued ID card has expired since registration and was renewed, which means I no longer have the old card and I'm unable to see the numbers on it. I can provide the account identifier from my profile page and paste the code. Note, this was not visible in the URL or anywhere publicly. The support person says, We're unable to proceed without the full verification, so we will need the last four digits of your registered document number as well. I reply, The state-issued ID has been securely destroyed when the new one was issued on renewal. It doesn't exist anymore, and therefore I'm unable to read you the numbers from it. Since you have a photo of it, you can check the expiry date on it yourself. They reply, we do have a copy of the document photo you sent us, and the verification process requires that you give us the last four digits of this document's number so that we can authenticate you. 
At this point, I was beginning to get a bit frustrated, but stayed polite. It's not the support person's fault, their company policies are what they are. I understand the need for verification, but isn't it kind of unreasonable to base it on something that the user probably won't have in the future? Anyway, a few more emails back and forth. I propose the following. I say, since all of the other data and more is correct, Note, I was referencing to the account identifier and some other personal information I've given in the past couple of emails. If you prefer, I can send 10,000 unique emails with different state ID numbers. One of them will be correct and include all the requested information. It's fairly easy for me to do this automatically. They reply, thank you for the reply. We will be expecting your verification. Okay, game on. I understood that message as, oh please go ahead, we'd love to see you try. So I opened my favorite IDE and wrote a little program which sends emails using the same text. But counting from 0000 to 9999 for the state ID's number. The whole code took approximately 20 minutes to write and was incredibly satisfying to do so. It said, hi, I would like my company account deleted as I no longer require services offered. Registered email, my email, account identifier, last four digits of linked phone, ABCD, last four digits of my now expired state issued ID probably were, then the counter going from 0000 to 9999, signed off, thank you, my name. I copied the script over to my Raspberry Pi, a small computer, which is online 24-7, and set the script to send an email every 10 minutes. I realized it would take a long time for all the emails to go through, but I was feeling careful to not get banned from sending emails, nor did I want to outright spam the company. So email with ID 0000 goes out, nothing, 0001 goes out, nothing, but after email with ID 0002, the third email sent, I got a reply. A new support person said, hello OP. We've put your account up for closure. It'll be closed in the following 30 days and you will be notified once the process is completed. And they include the reference ID. I thank the person processing my request and stopped the script from sending any further emails. Somewhere inside of me, I was a bit sad that this show ended so soon. I was hoping just a bit that it would go on for some time. Also, I'm 100% certain that 0002 was not the correct number. If it were something that simple, I would remember it. Best I can recall, it was somewhere in the 6,000 to 600-999 range, but I might be way off. Would you guys agree that even if OP sent these emails on a 10 minute interval, that at some point if OP didn't get the number right away, they would go and just ban OP from being able to send emails or block them? Or do you think sending an email once every 10 minutes, all the way up to potentially 9999, would have been spaced out enough for them to not block OP? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Urban ACC. You want everything the same color? Give me a day or two. Way back when I lived in a student dormitory in city in the Netherlands, this was in a US style dorm. Each student had their own room, but we shared a shower, a toilet, and a kitchen. Between 16 people. Oh, joyful days. Anyhow, by the time I entered the flat, it was already 30 years old and falling to bits. So the student housing department decided to renovate the building, basically stripping it. We all got replacement rooms and a sum of money to piss off without making a fuss. So far, all good. Cue my neighbor's exit. 
By contract, we had to leave the room as we found it. That meant seeing to it that all the power plugs worked, and filling up all the holes you made for hanging posters and lamps on the wall. It had become something of a tradition to perform the latter task using toothpaste. It was mainly laziness, since proper toothpaste is a good deal more expensive than wall filler. Anywho, it's what most of us did. Except that my neighbor brushed her teeth with periodontics, which uses sort of an off-pink, adobe-ish color of paste, and stupidly used said brand to fill the holes in her wall. So come inspection time, the holes she had filled it with on a white wall stuck out like sore thumbs. After about a week, she received a letter stating that she needed to make sure the walls were uniformly the same color, or face a 1,000 guilder, about 800 euros in today's money, fine, plus the loss of her 300 guilder deposit, within three days. This in spite of the fact that the rooms would be demolished shortly after, and that the student housing department was very lax when they actually had to do any repairs. After about three minutes of indignation, we threw together enough funds to visit the DIY store, armed with a tube of periodontics toothpaste, had a can of paint mixed with exactly that color, returned, and repainted the entire room, including everything in it, in solid periodontics pink. When the inspector showed up a week later, he just stood there flabbergasted while my neighbor shoved him his own letter in his face. The relevant sentence about the uniformity indicated in yellow marker. She never heard anything about it again. Honestly, I kind of adore how petty this is. They give you grief for filling in those holes in the wrong way, even though the whole place is going to get torn down, and they themselves dragged their feet and did nothing when it was their responsibility to fix things. So I respect going to the store, getting periodontics pink paint, and making sure that baby was a uniform. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories, like our next story from PDVSKY. No water filter change? No problemo. So I used to be a bar manager, which is an understatement. I used to do literally everything in that place, but that's another story. And I had a team of six people, waiters, cooks, and clean staff. So I used to deal with the everyday life of the bar. And here in Brazil, it's obligatory for the company to provide drinkable, filtered water to employees. So we had two water filters in the bar, one on the counter and one in the kitchen. Water filters must be changed every three months to continue to filter, and ours had a little red button that would light up when change was needed. The first time the red light turned on, I did what I assumed was the most logical thing to do. I went to a nearby store and bought the filter. I paid around 25 USD, converting, changed the filter, and went on with the daily routine. End of the week comes and I go to the office to close the week. Basically, I go there and give them the cash that we earned, and they pay me whatever it is I had to buy for the bar routine. I give them the filter receipt. The guy asks me, did you have the authorization to buy this filter? And I said, well, no, we needed the filter, and I bought it. And he responded that he needed to talk to the boss to see if that was okay. A week goes by, and my boss calls me asking for a meeting that afternoon, which was unusual since they usually scheduled in advance. I go to the meeting and listen for half an hour how it's completely unacceptable for me to make a big purchase without authorization, and that the company had a purchasing department that makes these kinds of purchases, and that every big purchase I make, I need to send them an email. 
and they'll take care of it for me. They also said the same filter was $16 online and that I was wasting company money, so I apologize and say it won't happen again. Around a month goes by, and the other filter in the kitchen also needed a filter replacement. So I do as I've been told, send the purchasing team an email. A week goes by, no response. The other Monday, I receive an email asking for photos. The first email had the exact model written of the filter. I respond promptly with photos of the filter. A month goes by and no filter for the kitchen. I tell the kitchen staff that if they need water, they can ask me and I'll fill the jar with fresh water from the other filter. One of the days, I go to the office and they ask me about the filter and I tell them it hasn't arrived yet. The boss was there and gets furious, calls the purchasing team and makes them buy the filter online that instant. Another month goes by and the filter hadn't arrived. The other filter also needed replacement again, so I start telling the staff to get bottled water and to write every one down so I can count stock later. Around 30 bottles go in a week. I buy a lot of bottled water. The team asks me if we're getting more demand for bottles of water in the bar. I tell them no. The filters that were purchased online arrive. They don't fit. I tell the management team, they ask me to leave the filters at the office because they'll change with the correct ones. I do so the same day, staff still drinking bottled water. Three months pass by, the filters are still seen in the office when I finally leave that company for good. One of my old employees and friends still works there, he told me they're still drinking bottled water and the new manager doesn't even know there are filters to be used. I'm assuming the situation here kind of chalks up to it's not OP's responsibility to make sure any of this gets solved correctly. I think it's just kind of insane that OP went at bat trying to get these filters replaced responsibly and the management of that place failed them so badly that they're stuck in a position where they're assuredly spending way more money on bottled water than they would be if they just changed the filter, even at a slight $9 markup so you can get it same day. And our final story of the day is from Confident Cold 2281 Take your crap and leave. Needless to say, and I have to explain, me and my mom have a really bad relationship now, and it took a couple of years for it to get this bad. I've stated multiple times that I'm looking for places to live because our home, my childhood home, is now a toxic living environment and I can't live with her anymore. Slowly taking things out of storage and into a storage unit has caused problems because according to her, I'm taking things she was saving to use, but I had bought with my own money. While trying to explain to her that I had let her borrow certain things once to move things around, it didn't mean that they were hers now or that she can just use them without having to ask to use them. This made her even more mad and said, well then just take all your crap and leave. Now me being her daughter and having the same type of sarcastic and over-the-top attitude, That's exactly what I started doing. Anything I've bought for myself or that I've bought to be used inside the house, I've started taking. All the lint rollers? In a bin. Pots and pans I've paid half for? Left the ones I never use. The vacuum I bought? Storage. Etc. Etc. Don't think they've noticed, but they will soon. I'm only doing what she said. What OP's doing here is completely fair. OP's taking everything that belongs to them, including taking the advice that their mom gave to them. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. 
Now, if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories.